Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Well, who's ready for some Word this morning? Hallelujah. Well, good to see all of you. Uh, you know, I, I say this all the time because it's true, and that is that this is my favorite sight of the week when the house lights come up and I see all of your beautiful faces. And yes, you can turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about me, because I am. Praise God. Praise God. I want us to take just a moment before we, before we get into the Word today. I, there's, there's a couple of people that I want us to, to pray for this morning, uh, corporately. And one of those is uh, uh, our own Jasmine's dad, who is in the hospital and uh, uh, really struggling right now. And then the other is a pastor friend from across town, uh, Pastor John Burke, uh, and uh, uh, he's really uh, also, I, I don't know a better word to say than struggling. And uh, so uh, anyway, I want us to take just a moment to, to pray for them and just speak words of healing over their bodies. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just come right now. Father, we lift up Paul Carrasco, and Father, we just pray in Jesus' name, and we send words of healing to his body. Father, we just curse the, the uh, attack of the enemy that has come against him and against Pastor John. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, and we speak life to them right now. We declare in the name of Jesus that they'll live and not die in Jesus' name. Father, we just speak that over them now. We just command their bodies to respond to what Jesus did at the cross when he bore their sickness, disease, and pain. And we just command their bodies right now to respond to that, to respond to the work of Jesus. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Well, we've been talking about about words, but we've been talking about growing up. Did you know that it is impossible to, to talk about growing up without talking about our words? You just can't do it because the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. He said that when I was a child, I spoke like a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put off childish things. I put away childish things. I made a decision that I was going to stop talking like a child, and I was going to start talking like a man. Praise God. I was going to be mature in my words. You know, it is very interesting that uh, Paul says that to the Corinthians. He says, you know, 
childish things, put off speaking like a child. Start, to, start speaking like a man. Then to the Ephesians, in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, he talks about growing up into the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. And then in that very same passage right there, he starts talking about speaking the truth in love. You see, did you get the connection there? Maturing, growing up into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, speaking the truth in love. Praise God. Then we go over to James, the epistle of James. Um, and James, he, he starts talking, he starts off the third chapter of James with this. He says, let not many, not many of you become teachers, knowing that there is a stricter judgment. And then the very next thing, he starts talking about words. He starts talking about the power of the tongue and what, what that little thing in your mouth is that he says is, is uh, he says, no man can tame the tongue. So a lot of people read that. Well, James said, you know, the Bible says nobody can tame the tongue, so therefore I just say whatever I want to say. That's no, 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 no. You missed the whole point. The whole point is that Christ in you can tame the tongue. Holy Spirit in you can tame the tongue. In your own self-effort, that's exactly right. You cannot by yourself tame your tongue. But James says, he says, if anyone does not stumble in words, he is a mature man. He is a perfect man and with that tongue he is able to control the whole body you know you can't escape it that maturing and controlling the tongue go hand in hand when you hear a bunch of idle uh Talk going on. You know, I, I've, I've said this for years. There are a lot of Christians who would never say a cuss word, but they'll sure curse you. So you mean that's not the same thing? No, not the same thing. It, it, there are people that they speak curses over you. They don't use cuss words, but they speak curses over you. They speak curses over themselves. There are a lot of people cursing themselves, and they don't even know it. Because of the words that are coming out of their mouth, they, they, they do not. You know, I said, Holy Spirit can tame the tongue, but he can't do it unless you're willing for it to be tamed. You've got to be willing for your tongue to be tamed. Because, I mean, think of it this way. If... If Holy Spirit could make you do something, what do you think the one thing that he would make you do? You know, he would make you accept Jesus as your Savior, right? But he's never made anybody accept Jesus as their Savior. He draws you. He woos you. You know, but he never makes anybody accept Jesus as their Savior. 
And if he could ever make someone do anything, that would be the thing he would make you do. But he didn't do it. Praise God. Now, as soon as you choose to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the moment you choose to cooperate with him, he is right there to back up what you say. When you said, I choose Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior, I put my trust in you as my Savior, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, instantly, you instantly are born again of the Spirit. Praise God. Instantly. I mean, he doesn't even wait a moment. He doesn't even wait half a day to see if you're, you know, you don't get this, this grace period to try this out and see if you really want it or not, you know. Well, if you call within 24 hours, you can cancel your subscription. Uh-uh. Instantly, the moment you choose Jesus is your Savior, that instant you become born again. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, so, he says, no one can tame the tongue but Holy Spirit in you. If you are willing for your tongue to be tamed, he can tame your tongue. And it's all part of growing up and maturing. We showed from three different books of the Bible. The Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Well, we've just shown three books of the Bible that talk about growing up and the connection between growing up and the words of your mouth. Praise God. So listen to what you're Pay attention to what you're saying. You know, if, if, if you, you've got to make a decision to grow up. And if you want to grow up and you make that decision, then start paying attention to what you're saying because that will be an indicator to you. The things that start coming out of your mouth will be an indicator to you as to whether or not you're growing up. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Notice he didn't say you're not in Christ. He didn't say you're not saved. He says, you're, you're carnal, you're babes in Christ. And then he says, I fed you with milk. Now, there's nothing wrong with milk. But there comes a point you need to move beyond the milk. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. And he tells you how he knows that. It didn't take a word of knowledge for him to know that. He says, I know that because you're still carnal for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Did you know there is no place in the Bible that says, well, I know that you're, you know, the, you, you know that you're mature because you lift your hands during worship. 
You know you're mature because you shout. You know you're mature because you dance before the Lord. You know, I mean, you know, I grew up in a church where if you did, if you danced, that you know, you're going straight to hell for, for that. But uh, you know, I but but it, you had to be sure to say you danced before the Lord. You know, that 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 was a. You had to, had to be sure to say it that way, see. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm glad I found out some things. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad I learned something. Praise God along the way. But, but you know, I, I mean, here's the thing. He didn't say, you know, you're mature because you prophesy. Ooh. You know you're mature because you speak with tongues. Wow. You know you're mature because you read your Bible. You know you're mature. No, the indicator seems to be of maturity how we talk. How we talk and how we treat one another. That seems to be the indicator of maturity. Praise God. Why can, you know, I, I've talked to you for the last two weeks about the passage in Hebrews where he said, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 3, he says, let us go on to maturity. He says, and this we will do if God permits. And, and, and I told you how that I asked the, the Lord a question. So why would you not permit us to go on to maturity? Well, because maturity, when we get to maturity, it is that we begin to function in the powers of the age to come. That's the power that Jesus was talking about when he said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these because I go to the Father. But if you don't grow up, if you don't mature, you can never function in these gifts and in, in these powers. You can't operate in this because you'll be killing everybody. I mean, here's what James said about that. He said where, you know, where there is envy and strife and division, he said, there is also every other evil work accompanies that. James said this, you know, he, he said that your tongue is, is a little member in your mouth. And with it, you are able to control your whole body. Some people's whole body is out of control. You know, if you're, if you're living in sin, let me just tell you this, you're out of control. Your body's out of control. You say, well, I just have some bad habits. Well, you can call it a bad habit or you can call it sin. You'd be better off if you just call it what it is and, and control your body and to get it out of my life. You got no place in my life. You have no power in my life. You have no authority to rule my life because I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and I will not defile the temple. Say to your body, you got no business doing this kind of garbage because... You're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and right now with my tongue, I am taking control of you. Yes. Praise God. You don't need therapy. Hallelujah. 
you need to control your body. Praise God. Praise God. Now, sometimes we're trying to control everybody else's body instead of our own. But he said, James said, with your tongue, you are able to control your whole body. He didn't say you will control your whole body. That's a choice you've got to make. But he says, you have the ability to control your whole body with your tongue. Then he says, but your tongue is, a, it, it, it is set on fire by hell. And, you're, and what he's saying is you're running around setting stuff on fire with your tongue. You're, set, you're running around burning stuff to the ground with your tongue. But when you, when you grow up, you know, Scripture says that that, kind of, that wisdom, he said, that, that kind of wisdom, he said, that does not proceed from above. He said, that kind of wisdom is, is, is sensual, your senses controlled, in other words, and it is demonic. That's what it said, that it's demonic. Wow. Listen to yourself talk. Are you spewing out demonic things? Didn't, didn't uh, Paul tell Timothy? He said in, in, in the latter days, many would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And some of you are spewing demonic stuff out of your mouths. And I don't know why this thing keeps wanting to fall off today. But, uh, you know, we need to listen to what we're saying. Listen to what we're saying. Praise God. And stop burning stuff down. Praise God. Praise God. Now, James chapter 3, verse number 13. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Let him show that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, we need to talk a little bit more about that. He says this is a wise and understanding person. Now, in, in uh, verse 14, he says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts do not boast and lie against the truth he says don't say you're wise if you're not he says don't say that you're that you're mature if you're not don't say that you're mature if you are contributing to envy and self-seeking if you've got that in your heart he says don't don't call that maturity Then in verse 15, he says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Wow, you can't get any more straightforward than that. 
Praise God. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, the Lord gave me an instruction. He said, it's time to go on to maturity. It's time to go on to maturity. How are we going to go on to maturity when we let this kind of stuff go on in our lives? Last week, I, I said, you know, if you're going with us, we're going to maturity. If you're going with us, I want you to come forward. And, you know, all across the front here was, was full. And, you know, I was very grateful for that. I was, I was very excited about that, you know. And we had probably 90% of the room up here. And I, I was very excited about that. Um, but, you know, we can do that. And then we can go back out the door and nothing change. You see, we, we first have to make the decision that we're going to change. That doesn't mean that you won't ever make a mistake. That doesn't mean you won't ever say something you shouldn't have said. But it means you've made a decision. You said, Holy Spirit, put a check on my mouth. Put a check on my mouth. And every time something starts to come out of my mouth, check me. Check me. And when it, something slips out that shouldn't have slipped out, you immediately respond by, you know, I, 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 I renounce what I just said. And if you said it to somebody, you turn and ask that person to forgive you. Don't wait till six months later. I mean, my goodness, I've got people that have left the church and I have no idea they were leaving and I have no idea years later why. Because whatever it is, they never decided to, to deal with it. They never decided to face the issue. They never decided to, to, to do what was right. You know? And, and so, you know, th this is... This is stuff that goes on in churches. It's not just this church. It's every church. It, it happens in every church. You know? But it's time, not just for this church to grow up. It's time for the body of Christ across the world to grow up. Praise God. Because God is, he is pouring out. I'm not even saying he's going to. I'm saying he is pouring out of his spirit in this day and he is expecting the church to go on to maturity why because the things that we can only operate in as mature people are the things that are necessary for reaching our world for Jesus you know We talked about, or a little bit earlier today, we talked about nine gifts of the Spirit. 
If you realize those nine gifts of the Spirit were not given just to function within the local church body. I mean, I'm thankful for when prophecy happens in church. I'm thankful for when uh, tongues and interpretation happens in church. I'm thankful for when gifts of healings operate in church. I'm thankful for when, when words of knowledge and words of wisdom, when these things happen. In, I'm thankful for that, but do you realize that's not the primary purpose? You know, I've been saying this is, is gifts of the Spirit are more needed across the back fence than they are across the front pew. You know, I mean, I, I am so glad that, that gifts of healings work in church, but it's more exciting when gifts of the Spirit operate outside of church. See, the reason you come in here, this is not because you, you are, you know, coming to church is not serving God. Now, you might serve God while you're here, but just coming to church is not serving God. Coming to church is so you can get equipped to serve God. Praise God. It's so you can be equipped so that when you go out there, you can serve God. Who needs... You know, when you, when, when you come into church and we receive the communion table as a believer, you should be able to receive your healing right there. But you know what? The guy in the supermarket line that needs healing, you're not going to say, oh, well, let me go buy some grape juice and some crackers so we can partake of communion right here. Well, he's probably not even born again. So the juice and crackers are not for him anyway. You know, he needs you to step up and be used in the powers of the age to come, praise God, and he needs you right there to minister healing to him. The person that's sitting next to you in the office next to you at work, the person that you, that, that, that you um, see at the softball complex that needs healing in their body. They need you to function in the powers of the age to come. Do you realize that most of Jesus' healing ministry was not done in the synagogue? Most of Jesus' healing ministry was done down by the seashore or on the mountainside or in the marketplace. Now, I know you've got some disgruntled church people that they've got, they got mad at church. And so they're, they're saying, well, you know, if Jesus were here today, he wouldn't be in the church. He'd be out where the down and outers and the, you know. You know why they're saying that? When people start saying stuff like that, you just need to dismiss that and just ignore that. Because that is wisdom that is demonic. When people start saying stuff like that, see, here's the truth of the matter is, would Jesus be in church? Yes. Would Jesus be out in the marketplace? Yes. Would Jesus be at the softball complex? Yes. Would Jesus be, why do you think he put his spirit in you? So he could go all those places, right? But he would definitely be in church. 
Praise God. Praise God. He is in church because he's in you. But he's out there, he's at your workplace because he's in you. He wanted to go to work with you. That's why he got inside you. you get, do you get that? That's why he got inside you so he could go to work with you. You realize they can't keep him out of school because he's in our students? And if, and, and if they're going to keep him out of school, they've got to keep our kids from going to school. You know, that's why he got in them, so he could go to school with them. Praise God. Praise God. Now, now I, I know I've been rambling a bit here, and, and, uh, but, but let's look at this. The wisdom that comes from above, verse 17 of James, the third chapter, it says it is first pure, Second, peaceable. Thirdly, gentle. Fourth, willing to yield. Oh, my goodness. We just got half the Christian world right there. Willing to yield. Well, it's got to be our way or no way. Well, you know, this is just the way that this is, this is you know, this is God's way. You know, it, it really bothers me when I hear people that just casually throw out, the Lord told me. You know, well, so do you not believe that God speaks to people? Oh, absolutely, I believe God speaks to people. God speaks to me and he speaks to you if you listen. But here's the thing that... We, uh, we casually throw out, well, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that. You know why people throw that out like that? Because you can't argue with them. Well, the Lord told me. You can't argue with that. Well, except when they say it to me, I say, show me in the Bible where he said that. If you can't show it to me in the Bible, then he probably didn't say it. You know? The Lord, the Lord told me this. Well, the Lord told me that, you know, you're just, did he really? Or is it, are you just trying to end the argument and win? Now, you know, sometimes it's more fun to just preach the grace. Sometimes it's more fun to just preach that, you know, God was in Christ reconciling you to himself and is not imputing your trespasses. And I preach that. I believe that. I believe that. We spent 10 years preaching that. But that's elementary stuff. That's elementary stuff. We should have got that. Now it's time to go on to maturity. Praise God. Praise God. That, we're not throwing that away. That's all true and we've been, we've been building that foundation, but now it's time to build something on top of the foundation. Praise God. Praise God. So we're moving on. We're getting down to the, to, you know, to, the, to the details of this thing, the more mature things of the principles of Christ. And that is starting for, for, to get Christ manifesting on the outside of us. Christ did something in you 
But he didn't do it just so it could stay in you. He did it in you so it could spill out. The Bible says that Jesus said, if you believe on me, he said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. It's got to come out of you so that the world can be touched. Praise God. 2,000 years after Jesus went back to heaven, we haven't got this job done yet. You know, and I've told you, that I've told you this, that, that we could finish the Great Commission this afternoon. We, and I've told you how. If two-thirds of the world's population don't know Christ, that means a third does. So that means if every Christian would reach one, or would reach two people, we'd finish the Great Commission. We could finish it this afternoon. But we can't do it if we're behaving childishly. Praise God. When we're so busy fighting among ourselves, how can we finish the Great Commission? Praise God. Now, get this. Ephesians chapter 4, number 13, verse number 13. says, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge. Now, here, here's how many people read that. Until everybody comes to agree with me. That's not what he said. He said, until we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. Praise God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, Here's something we gotta we have to understand. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 21 says this. Well, let me just refer to something before I before I read this scripture. I know you already read it, but that's okay. But but let me just say something before we go to this scripture. Jesus told a parable. We, we call it the parable of the sower. And what he says in the beginning of his explanation of that parable, he says the sower sows the word. All right? Or the sower is sowing words. Now, we're talking about words. That, that's, that's our overall theme for, for this. The sower sows words. And so... When he says a sower sows words, then it can be the word or it can be somebody else's word. It can be your word. Be, but, but, you know, if we want to get God kind of results, we need to sow God's word. Praise God. But here we go in Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it 
will eat its fruit. So when you sow something, the, the point of what you sow is so that you get a return, a fruit from what you sowed, right? So as we're sowing the word, then we expect the fruit of God's word to come back. But if you're sowing some kind of other seed, you see, we need to be sowing seed that we can actually enjoy eating the fruit of. Many people are eating fruit from their sowing that is fruit they don't like. This is not in my notes at all, so you're not going to see it up here. They don't know I'm going to talk about this, okay? But Jesus talks about the sycamine tree. He says, if you say unto this sycamine tree, be rooted up, plucked up from your roots, and cast into the sea, he said, it would obey you. Now, do you know what the significance of the sycamine tree is? The sycamine tree... First and foremost, it grows in dry places. So you are susceptible to sprouting a sycamine tree when you begin to get dry in your walk with the Lord. You become susceptible to sycamine trees sprouting up. And here's the next thing. The sycamine tree has, uh, it, in the Middle East, this sycamine tree bears a fruit. It's edible, but it tastes really bad. Now, you know, um, there, there is a fruit. I was in the Philippines one time, and, and a couple friends of mine, they were sitting there, and they were talking in uh, the Filipino language, so I didn't understand anything they were saying. But it was hilarious just listening to them laugh. Uh, and so I asked them, I said, so what are you guys talking about? What is so funny? And they were talking about a fruit that they have in the Philippines. I don't know, maybe it's, I'm sure it's other places too, but it's called the Dorian. And, uh, uh, and they were talking about this fruit, and, and uh, what they were laughing so hard about was one of them said, it tastes like heaven, but it smells like hell. <laughs> uh, and so they, they were just, I mean, having a good time laughing about that. Well, that makes me think of this, this fruit, this, this uh, fruit of the sycamine tree is a very bitter fruit. It's edible, you know, and it, and, and it has some things that will, you know, kind of uh, uh, keep you from starving to death, but it tastes very bad. So therefore, poor people eat this fruit. Anybody of any kind of means would not eat this fruit of the sycamine tree. Um, so the lesson we can learn from that is if we have sycamine trees sprouting in our life, the fruit of that will keep you poor. Thirdly, the wood from the sycamine tree is the preferred wood to build coffins. 
So when you've got a sycamine tree growing in your life, it's there to build your coffin. Fourth, the sycamine tree has very deep roots. And if you just chop it down, just cut it off, it will sprout right back up. It'll spring right back up. The only way you get rid of a sycamine tree is to uproot the thing. And so, this is why Jesus said, if you say to the sycamine tree, be rooted up and cast into the sea. See, this is why we've got to say some things to root up the root of bitterness, to root up the sycamine tree in our life. Because we don't want to be eating sycamine fruit. Praise God. Now, so I say this. Sow words that you can enjoy eating the fruit of. Praise God. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19, he says, I create the fruit of your lips. I create the fruit of your lips. Peace, peace to him who is afar off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. Praise God. Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. Mark chapter 4, verse number 20. But those are the ones by the wayside. Uh, these are the ones sown on good ground. Let me start. Uh, these are the ones sown on good ground. If they hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Praise God. Make sure the seed you're planting, the words you're planting, are words that you can enjoy eating the fruit of. Praise God. Now, if you notice in all this, and I, I've got so much more, but I, I can't get there today. But, but, but let me say this. In all this talking about the words of our mouth and growing up, I have not talked about confessing cars, and big houses, big bank accounts, airplanes. You know what? That's not even worthy to be talked about until we learn to control our whole body. You know, God wants you blessed. God wants you to have good things. And, we, you know, we need to have a, a, a confession that is consistent with that. You know. But that's secondary. That's secondary stuff. Yet we've made that the main thing in so many cases. You know, the first place that that a person ought to that we ought to be instructing new believers in in uh, uh, in using their faith 
The first place that we need to be using our faith is to get our lives lined up with Jesus and to know Jesus. You know, my Bible tells me that my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know what? Jesus said that I don't need to worry about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to drive, where I'm going to live. You know, I don't need to worry about those things. He says the Gentiles, he's talking about people who don't have a covenant with God. He says they're worried about all those kind of things. They're chasing after all those kind of things. He says, but you... You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, my, like I said, my, the confession of my mouth, the words of my mouth need to line up with that. But that's very secondary. My first thing is to get the rule of Christ working in me. Get the rule of Christ working in me, and if I make that my primary goal and my first and foremost aim, then I don't need to worry about all these things and chase after all these things because these things will be added to me. You know... I've got to, we, we're going to have to move on beyond this. But I tell you what, the Lord has been just opening up some stuff to me that, that we need to get. So you need to follow me on Facebook, all right? Because I'm giving you bite-sized pieces every day. I'm giving you bite-sized pieces that, that you need to take. And, you, you know, if you're not my Facebook friend, you need to be. See, I'm not, I'm not always on Facebook posting a, 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 bunch of, a bunch of junk. I mean, every once in a while I post something that I think is funny. But, uh, but you know, I, I'm not talking bad about my neighbors. I'm not, you know, I'm not posting a bunch of junk on Facebook because I am trying to redeem Facebook. I'm trying to use it for the, you know, to, to, to put the word of God out. So you need to be my Facebook friend because there's a lot of stuff I don't have time to teach you on Sunday mornings because you don't want to stay long enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing, but, but you don't want to stay long enough. So therefore, we got to find another way to do it. And one of the ways we're going to do it is through, I'm putting out bite-sized pieces for you day by day by day by day. And, and, the, and the cool thing is, then you have it in written form, and you can go back and refer to it and read it 20 times if you need to to get it. Praise God. Praise God. And we're going to keep doing that. But, you know, we're talking about growing up. Praise God. And I assure you, I assure you, God's wanting to take us somewhere that is so far beyond anything we have ever imagined. And God is, is, is uh, you know, he, he is revealing some truths to us. And when 
So many people have given up on Jesus' words when he said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these because I go to the Father. They have given up on that, and they have said, that is never going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Well, I don't believe that. I don't think Jesus said that for it to not happen. Jesus said that, then I I believe it's going to happen. And this is where we are. We are coming down. Time is short. Time is, I, I believe Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon. But, you know, I don't know what soon means. You don't either. And nobody that says they do does. You know, I don't know what soon means. But I know one thing for sure. There are some things that we've got to see before then and we will see before then praise god so that means that if jesus is coming back soon whatever that means then that also means that we have got to see these things soon sooner because we got to see them before he comes back and when the glory of the lord is revealed on planet earth you know, I've had a little bit of insight, but I don't fully comprehend what that means. But one thing I know is I want to be prepared for it. I want to be ready for it. I don't want to be a bystander looking on and seeing what God did. And saying, man, I wish I would have been involved in that. You know, I want to be a part of it. Praise God. Today, if you're watching me online or you're in this room, you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Well, I can assure you of one thing, that that is the entry. That, that's the, the beginning step. And if you have never made that decision and taken that step to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you know, Jesus said that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes upon him would not perish. Now, the opposite of that is also true. If you do not believe upon him, you will perish. But if you believe upon him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. There will come a day when Father, who's the one who is father to me becomes judge to those who have not received Jesus. And today he's drawing. And today he's saying, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. But that day he'll say to some, you didn't come. The day has passed, you didn't come. 
Don't let that be you. I See, I don't know how soon soon is. And you don't either. So the scripture says that now, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. He says, he who believes not will at some point be condemned. I don't want you to be condemned. That's why I've given the last 35 years of my life to putting out this message. Because I don't want you to be condemned. I want you to have everlasting life. So right now, Jesus Christ came to this world. The Bible says that he went to the cross and he became sin for you so that you can become righteous. And you do that by believing upon him and calling upon him to be saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So right now, if you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to just say this after me. And when we get to the end of this, we're going to say the word amen, which means so be it. So be it to everything we just prayed. And when you say that word at that moment, at that instant, I talked about Holy Spirit would, would instantly respond to that, and you will be born again. You will be saved at that moment. Praise God. So here we go. Pray this with me. See? And I want everyone to pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you gave your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty for all of my sin, and then he rose again from the dead so I could be saved. Today I choose to put my trust in Jesus. I choose him as my Lord and my Savior. And from this moment forward, I am saved. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love.